Welcome to Becoming Referrable, the podcast that shows you how to become the kind of advisor people can't stop talking about. I'm Steve Wershing. One of the topics we visit frequently on this podcast is how to create a unique offer that distinguishes you from other advisors your prospective clients may be talking to. On this episode, we talk with Brian Fricke, President of Financial Management Concepts in Orlando. Brian coaches clients on how to create an incredible retirement, which he defines as doing what you want, when you want, and is also a living example of how to do that himself. We'll talk a little bit about where he got these ideas and how he got started in the business, uh, wanting to attract uh, people working on their retirement plans, uh, including authoring the book, Worry-Free Retirement. We'll talk about his interesting journey of going uh, through that and uh, re- uh, overcoming the obstacles that he met uh, in promoting a worry-free retirement and how that uh, that eventually developed into the incredible retirement. We'll talk a little bit about the other kinds of marketing uh, he has created around that idea of incredible retirement. And we'll, we'll talk about some of the successes and failures he had at trying different kinds of marketing out. Um, We'll talk about the communications that he sends clients on a regular basis, including weekly videos that his clients really like and sometimes share with other prospective clients. It's a really fun conversation that has a lot of specific tips on things you can do to help separate your practice from your competition. And so without any further delay, let's get to our conversation with Brian Fricke. So Brian Fricke, welcome to the Becoming Referrable podcast. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. I'm kind of uh, honored and, and happy to be with you. Well, we're happy so to have you with so us. So are we. Exactly. So, uh, and we're excited to talk with you because, uh, you know, you are, you have a great, um, a great sense of marketing and, and, and some, and you've had a lot of really good ideas about how to separate yourself. And that's really what we wanted to talk with you about today. And, uh, you know, we'll just start off where you are now. You know, you, when you put yourself out to uh, potential clients, um, you talk to them about helping them experience an incredible retirement. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that idea and uh, and how you talk to people about it? Um, yeah, so I really think it just boils down to, um, you know, we want people to experience um, the best uh, return on life, I think, to borrow something from uh, Mitch Anthony. Um, our market, our niche, if you will, is uh, focused on uh, retirees. So, our goal, my goal, is for uh, the clients we work with to uh, to experience the kind of retirement that most people just dream about, um, and that's how we've uh, evolved it, I guess, to incredible retirement. And um, you talked about evolving the idea. So uh, originally, when when you and I first met, uh, you uh, you were talking about it as a worry free retirement. So tell us a little bit about how that journey started, um, and how you developed that idea of the worry free retirement, the book, and all the other stuff that you came out with it. And can you tell us a little bit about uh, about that and how it helped your practice grow? Sure. Um, so. Uh, I follow uh, Bill Backrack's uh, program for uh, the financial roadmap, his financial roadmap. And so the first question I ask everybody is, what's important about money to you? And a very frequent uh, response is not having to worry. I don't want to worry. I want to have less stress. I want to have the freedom to do what I want when I want. So just after hearing that over and over again, folks not wanting 
to, uh, to have to worry. It's like, well, it just seemed natural, worry-free retirement. Um, and, then, um, and then a couple of interesting things happened, and I think they happened at about the same time. Um, we were having a uh, client advisory board meeting. By the way, you, you facilitate an awesome client advisory board. <laughs> Thank you. Um, will be in the mail. <laughs> the, uh, and our advisory board was uh, commenting, because uh, I was sharing with them that, um, uh, unbeknownst to me, a, um, an index annuity salesperson had uh, somehow gotten the trademark for the term worry-free retirement. So the good news is you can't trademark a, a book title, so the book itself is fine, but he was asking for us to, to stop using uh, the, the term worry-free retirement and everything else we were doing, our, uh, our website, our monthly newsletter. So we were getting feedback from our client advisory board, and, and I was surprised, shocked, when I think the majority uh, of the folks, their feedback was, yeah, you know, that's kind of a hokey title. We really don't buy into it. It's because we're always going to, we're human. We're always going to worry to some level, maybe not as much. Uh, and then I got to thinking, you know, that's really not what we're all about. We're all about uh, helping folks really enjoy life to its fullest, especially during retirement, return on life. And then I got to thinking about uh, the movie. Um, 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 yeah, it's... Um, uh, it's a wonderful life. And then I just started playing with different terms for wonderful and incredible came up. So we've been going with that. So let me, I'd love to dig in a bit because you said a couple of things that I think are, you could almost throw away or a lot of people could say without necessarily having a process behind it. One is I focus on retirees. All right. So a lot of, I think, advisors would say I focus on retirees, sure. but not necessarily have uh, a client experience uh, or messaging that uh, we might see as fundamentally different from others. So, um, so I'd be interested in how this approach that you're taking, uh, you believe, sets you apart. And what's the, and maybe the first question is just like, what's different about it? How do you help people have an incredible retirement? And then how do you articulate that process or that experience to them? Well, I think in, in terms of helping them, uh, a lot of times it's just uh, helping them uh, maybe brainstorm how they can accomplish what they want, uh, maybe in, um, in a non-traditional manner. Uh, one of our clients years ago um, um, loved boating, and his dream was to own a yacht. But with his, uh, with his income, with his job, with his resources, uh, unless he bought a winning lotto ticket, there's no way he's going to have the funds to, to purchase a yacht. Well, so he did something even better. Uh, he went out and got his captain's license and became a captain for the owner of a 76 foot yacht. And, and, and the cool part is um, when the mechanic bill came, he, uh, he sent it off to the owner. He didn't have to pay it himself. <laughs> and he actually got paid a nice salary, almost six figures. For, uh, for running this boat. For, and it was a private person. He didn't charter the boat out. He only used it maybe 30 days out of the year. And yet, uh, with boats, you got to use them all the time. So he had the use of a boat without the expense of a boat. So really just challenging people to, um, 
to think outside the box and not just limit their thinking to uh, what their financial limitations might be. Okay. And so, so you find that being able to articulate that uh, makes that clear for someone who's in a very broad market, right? I mean, with retirees, a lot of advisors would be focusing on investments and making sure you've got enough money. It sounds like you're taking a, a slightly different approach. Um, and what is it about that that you find really resonates with people? Uh, well, I think it's just that. Um, it, there, there's no shortage of uh, financial advisors targeting retirees, and it seems like everybody has pretty much the same um, story. You know, right. my investment strategy, strategic asset allocation, modern portfolio theory, establish your goals. Um, everybody does that, and we all tend to look alike after a while. So, um, so I show up uh, with a, a book and a fairly, I've been told, catchy uh, book cover, book title, uh, and then um, uh, folks go to our website and um, they see a picture of me surfing, which is different than most financial advisor websites. Um, and then it just goes from there. Um, and then we get, when the book first came out, uh, to get clients uh, connected and engaged, uh, we had a contest. Um, and it was a picture contest. So um, send us a picture. Uh, we had bandanas made uh, with the title of the book because I figured uh, a lot of people aren't going to travel lugging a book around, but they'll carry a bandana with them. So <laughs> take a picture uh, with you proudly displaying your bandana. Send us a picture with a short story, uh, and then we'll pick a winner uh, for the best story, and they'll get the use of a yacht for an afternoon because I had a connection to a guy that had access to a yacht. That's awesome. That's really That's awesome. cool. And, um, um, and, and I, and I love that approach to, I love the fact that you put yourself on, on your website surfing because you know, you're sort of, you're sort of the embodiment of that, you know, doing what you want to do the, you know, when you want to do it, the way you want to do it, you know, so you've, you, you show people how you can blend that in even before you retire. Yes, exactly. And, and yeah, I try to walk the talk uh, to, to some extent anyway. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, I think it's a really important point, actually, because we talk to a lot of advisors who do have some clarity of messaging, I think. But if you go to the website, it can start to look like everyone else. And, and the fact that you have aligned not only your lifestyle, so it's authentic, with, yes. but the imagery on your site as well. Because you could authentically be doing all that, but we could still come to your website and find you in a suit and, you know, in a, in a corner office or something, and it might, not, it might not align. So I think that the whole concept of alignment really comes into play here. Yeah, and I, and I know I'll violate most. Well, I, I've seen other advisors to advisors say, you know, dress for success and all that good stuff. And I, I probably would just make them cringe. Um, I, I think, well, I, I own one suit and I've worn it once soon to be twice, like in the that's, last 10 that years. That was a funeral. Actually it was a wedding, my son's wedding, oh, there you go. There okay. you go. <laughs> but he didn't make me wear a tie. Yeah. Excellent. Well, and, 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 and I love that about, about how you do that is because, you know, you have, you, you wear Hawaiian shirts really 
high-end, beautiful Hawaiian shirts, but Hawaiian <laughs> shirts, you know, to the office when you meet clients, and, and that's just exactly what the guy on the cover of your book is wearing in the hammock. Well, and, and it's also kind of the subtitle of the book, Do What You Want, When You Want. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to wear a tie. I really don't want to wear a coat mm-hmm. jacket, so I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm sort, of, I'm sort of interested, and in, I don't know if you've thought about it this way, but the shift from worry-free to incredible, I mean, underlying that at the risk of overanalyzing, which I do, by the way, <laughs> um, <laughs> is also, it's kind of a shift from positioning from like loss aversion to aspirational, right? Like we'll help you not worry versus, and there's all this research on which yeah which is the best way to go. So it's, it's kind of interesting that your clients responded that they were more about the aspirational ultimately than, than loss aversion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I did uh, take that into account and, and was initially concerned when we made the switch, but, but I must say um, uh, the clients that we've attracted since making the, the transition are, are the kind of client we enjoy working with. Um, and, and I, I would think the, our quality of client has uh, improved since then. Mm. So let, let's go back a little bit. I, it's a, um, I'd like to know a little bit about your uh, journey into financial advice because you did other things before that. Can you give us sort of a, uh, a summary of, of the journey that took you into financial advice? Oh, golly. Uh, probably not the traditional path if, if there is one. Um, so my father died uh, when I was 16, he was 42, sudden heart attack, no advance warning. Uh, and he and my mom operated a uh, residential real estate brokerage firm, um, an ERA franchise. Um, so, and I'm the oldest son. So naturally it's the oldest son's job to take care of mom now. So when I turned 18, I got my real estate license. I think at the time I was the youngest person to get my real estate license uh, in the state of Florida. And immediately went to work selling uh, selling homes with uh, with mom in the real estate brokerage, um, and and quickly learned that I really didn't like doing that. Um, I met an investor uh, who bought and sold like ten homes from me, and uh, got interested in investment real estate. And by my mid twenties, I had accumulated maybe fifteen rental homes, and then people started coming to me for uh, financial advice and. And then I heard about this this very new thing called financial planning. So I opened up the phone book. There was no internet back then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Whoever was advertising in the phone book as a a financial advisor, I uh, contacted them and spoke with uh, as many people as I could and and got disillusioned very quickly. Uh, Back then, it was the uh, tax shelter product salesperson or the, the insurance salesperson. And that neither one fit my definition of true financial planning. So, so I opened my own firm and here that's we are interesting. today. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so how, did you, how, did you, how did you come to what your definition of financial planning was so that you could see that contrast between what they were and what you were envisioning? Well, so, so um, after my father passed away, um, a, a year or two later, I discovered that um, dad had purchased a, a $50,000 whole life insurance policy from, from the agent affiliated with our uh, church. And for the same 
premium, he could have had a million dollar term insurance policy. And I don't need to tell you which policy my mom would have preferred to have. And, <laughs> right. and, and, and that was a life changing wow. decision. So yeah. that really was, was the catalyst that got me interested. And I just, I knew people needed to make smart choices in all areas of their uh, finances. Uh, insurance is a piece, but it's not the whole, it's not the whole pie. It's just a piece of the pie or puzzle. Um, same thing with investments, taxes, uh, estate planning and everything else that goes into a well-rounded financial plan. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to, to um, sort of come back to some of the, the client experience items that we, like we, we started talking about um, helping people open up about possibility. I'm paraphrasing here, but mm-hmm. um, open up about the possibilities in, in their lives um, and I'd love to know if, if you found particular um, questions or ways of doing that particularly helpful. We've talked about your website. We've talked about the dress code. So there are things that are, in my mind, all part of the client experience. Are there other aspects of the service that you deliver or the client experience that you deliver that really supports this overall positioning that you've got for the business? Yeah, what I find is is most people come to us with with prepared answers. They kind of sort of know what they want in terms of uh, cash flow and retirement. Everybody wants to have uh, a travel budget or uh, extra money for travel. And, and mm, sometimes there's a second home or a, an RV or a boat in the mix. Uh, and, and that's where it stops. So one of the questions uh, we, we ask people is just, you know, imagine for a moment uh, you won the winning lotto ticket. Um, and money was no longer an issue the rest of your life, how would life change? What would you do? What would be different? Just to try to get them to open up. And because mm-hmm. I think most of us uh, kind of suppress some, uh, some dreams. Uh, we don't l- allow some of our dreams to become goals because subconsciously we, we just don't think they're attainable. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know that people's past you know, has an enormous amount to do with that as well. Um, you know, if you, if you grew up in a certain environment or certain family where that, where that kind of dreaming wasn't the, the MO of the household that can, sure. that carries through. Right. Yeah. And so, so you've got some questions. Uh, um, are there other elements of what you deliver that you think really supports this, this particular incredible retirement process? Um, or or is the prime or is it that it's not different on the client experience side, but much different in terms of your positioning and the way you speak about the goals with your clients? I, I think maybe it's more more the latter, just the way we um, we position ourselves and, mm-hmm. and speak to and with with our clients. I don't know if it's anything extraordinarily uh, unique as far as uh, the client experience. The um, this is just from, from me observing clients over the years, you know, it's, I, am still surprised to learn that, that financial advisors, planners are, are printing plans, um, right. that we, we stopped doing printed plans years and years and years ago. Um, and now we just, um, we use uh, money guide pro we use the, what's called the play zone within money guide pro where it's interactive with clients. 
and uh, and our clients really enjoy that and we send them a link and we let them play afterwards um, and we find that much more um, engaging with clients than ask them, asking them to page through a 20, 30, 60 page document that they're just going to take home and put on the shelf and let it collect dust. Let me ask you about, because you've just reminded me of something you often hear about the, with the age of clients and are they using technology? You just kind of made me think of going down that path, which I, I find interesting. But and being, if you are uh, talking to clients about an incredible retirement, does that assume I'm thinking about retirement or, or are people attracted to that who might be in their 40s or 50s? Um. I can't speak too much to folks in their 40s because uh, a lot of our marketing and, and our website and our messaging uh, lets people know that, that our sweet spot are mm -hmm. folks uh, 50 plus years of age, okay. retirement's the primary focus, college funding is those, those years have passed them by. Right. Right. Okay. And so you've drawn a line in the sand and you say, this is who we work with. Um, has it always been that way? Um, no, not always. Um, you know, just, just starting out, probably like any other new business owner, if you can fog a mirror, you can be a client. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and one, of, uh, one of my first clients uh, was a, a retired aerospace engineer uh, from a large uh, defense contractor in uh, Central Florida. Um, he and his wife uh, did everything, uh, I guess, the right way. They paid the, the mortgage off on the house, 30 years of mortgage payments, put four kids through college. Kids grad graduated uh, debt-free. Uh, they never did much for themselves while he was working. He had finally retired, had a modest pension, a modest uh, 401k, uh, but they were acting like, kids in a candy store, just excited about what the future had in store. And they never got to do anything. Uh, his wife was uh, shortly after he retired, diagnosed with uh, ALS, Lou Gehrig's mm. disease. Uh, he became her full-time caregiver and 18 months later, she passed away. And, yeah. and as you can tell, that situation has, has stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Golly, what, what did they miss out on doing? What could they have done that they, they put off because they told themselves we'll do this later and and for them later never came right yeah right. so some so, of our clients are surprised when um when i tell them in their client review uh hey when you take the trip overseas uh go first class not coach and <laughs> who, ca who cares what the cost is the <laughs> benefits will far outweigh the the cost that's right yeah. Uh, when we talk about uh, what things you've incorporated into your experience um, to sort of reinforce that message, you know, what, what kinds of things do you have in your client communication strategy that help reinforce that? Like, what do you, um, how, how often do you reach out to clients? What kinds of things do you distribute to clients in terms oh, of sure. information, that kind of thing? Um, so with clients, uh, clients receive a, a weekly uh, video, uh, two to three minute video. Um, they receive a, a monthly newsletter. Uh, our associate advisor uh, makes periodic uh, check-in calls, touch calls, uh, just to see if anything's going on uh, between uh, review meetings. Um, um, yeah, monthly print newsletter, ink on paper, mm -hmm. received in the mailbox. Okay. <laughs> 
Interesting. So it, there's an interesting juxtaposition there about yes. the technology they like to embrace and the technology <laughs> they don't embrace. Tell, tell me a little bit about the videos. What kinds of things do you talk about there? And, and, and if you could also tell us a little bit about what goes into making them, because, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we talk with a lot of advisors who like the idea of video, but they're really intimidated by it, that they, they, they hesitate in doing it because they're concerned about how much effort it's going to take, how much expense it's going to take. Can you tell us a little bit about you know, what you put together in that regard and, and um, you know, the process of putting them out? Uh, yeah, so for, uh, for the weekly videos, um, uh, uh, the technology we use is uh, for recording, we use an iPhone 10 or an iPhone X with a uh, wired... With a uh, wired microphone and the wire is, I don't know, 10 feet long or whatever, we get some distance. And there's a couple of uh, LED lights. I've learned more about lighting than I ever care to, um, to, uh, to make things look halfway decent. Um, and um, yeah, that's our technology. Uh, well, I take that back. There's, um, I also do a, um, oh, what do you call it, teleprompter. Um, so I've got an iPad that I've turned into a teleprompter. Uh, I actually uh, script out uh, the video ahead of time. Um, I'm just the type of person I, it'll, it'll get rid of a lot of my ums and ahs. And I want to make sure I get the message across in a compact period of time. I shoot for about a three minute video. Sometimes they're a little bit less. I think the longest one's maybe been five minutes. And what are the topics typically? Uh, the topics, I try to make them uh, timely. So we're just uh, listening to, to the questions uh, clients are asking questions that are coming up in review meetings, um, emails we get, stuff that all advisors uh, come across, whatever the the news uh, media is talking about. Um, uh, And then I tend to, um, uh, and I'll uh, I'll dictate a rough draft. So I've got a dictation app on my cell phone. So we just, whenever I think of a topic, I'll dictate a a rough draft of a script and then I'll go back and, and edit that. Um, and, and then, then I just try and have a library of scripts that I can uh, pull from. And then when we actually record, uh, we record uh, usually four or five uh, weeks, four or five videos uh, at a time. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. oh, interesting. Okay. And and uh, insider secrets. So I bring four or five shirts to the office, and I change shirts. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and you're obviously in board shorts or something if you really want to if you really want to live the the message. Um, I we should throw some uh, in the show notes. Put some links to those teleprompter technologies. I've used them uh, when it, it feels like this hidden secret. You can have them on an iPhone. You can have them on the iPad. It, they're really good. Yeah, yeah. So that's been for me. That's been a huge help. Yeah. Huge help. yeah. Interesting. What what are what are some of the, I know that uh, you know one of the things that I, I love about you is that you know you're you're always willing to experiment with marketing ideas and and try out new things. Can you tell us about some of the more notable successes and failures from a marketing standpoint that you've tried over the course of years? Uh, well, currently uh, and most recently, I'm actually sending out daily emails to our prospect list, not to our clients, but to our prospect list. Um, and there's always a call to action to the email, and the email call to action is always uh, schedule a call, and there's a, a link in the email to, to do an electronic calendar to schedule a call. 
Um, the emails are written by a professional copywriter so that they're engaging and entertaining, entertaining more so than informative. And my idea behind that, I, I don't expect anybody to, to open every single email every single day, but I want top of mind awareness so that when they're thinking about uh, an issue with money or finance, they've got my email um, coming in. And they don't hurt my feelings if, if they don't read the email. And if they don't want to get it, hit the uns unsubscribe button. Um, so that's, that's one of the newer things. Um, the other thing that we're uh, uh, just putting the finishing touches on clients from our client advisory board, one of the things we've learned is they really like um, uh, community with it, with each other. Um, so we're creating a, uh, a private client Facebook group page, something like that. I'm having one of my sons put it together. So I don't, I don't even know all the terms and whatever. <laughs> um, but the idea is, you know, clients can ask each other questions, share pictures, get advice from each other. You know, what's it like to spend a month in an RV, whatever, whatever's on their mind. And then some of the stuff that hasn't worked uh, for me anyway is, you know, uh, hiring a mailing service to to buy five or ten thousand names on a mailing list and bribe them to come to a steak dinner and spend fifteen, twenty thousand, whatever it is. Yeah, I haven't done those in in years, but. But because of the marketing we do, I have my own internal house list. So I've got a list of probably uh, 1,200 people. I have their names, their mailing address, and their email address. So if I was ever motivated, right now I'm not, but if I was ever motivated to do a live seminar, I wouldn't buy a mailing list. I would just um, mail to my 1,200-person uh, list. I probably would get a higher attendance than than one of these uh, outfits where you got to mail to, to 10,000 strange strangers and bribe them with and, a steak. And how did you grow that list? So what were the things that contributed to that? Um, so we have um, we our monthly uh, print newsletter. Uh, we're always uh, telling uh, recipients uh, if they have friends or family that want to get a copy of the newsletter, there's opportunities for that. Okay. Um, when people uh, opt in for our uh, um, subscribe to our uh, uh, weekly videos. Uh, we'll give them an invitation to, to get the newsletter. Um, and, and occasionally when I speak, we're just giving people the opportunity to, to get the newsletter. Um, okay, great. Anytime somebody uh, orders a book from uh, the website, uh, they go on the newsletter list. Yeah. Okay. How, how, many, how many people do the, uh, do the videos go out to every week? You know, I haven't looked in a while. I'm such a horrible marketer. Um, I probably, uh, the email list is over 800. The average views are maybe 70 to 80. And, and then sometimes if, if I'm newsjacking something, it, it can go, I think my biggest one has been five or 6,000 views. Mm. Oh, wow. You can't be that bad a marketer if you know the term newsjacking. I'm just <laughs> right. Exactly. You're reading so what, the right books. What what role, uh, Brian, do, do referrals play in your business development efforts? Well, for me, the holy grail is to to always receive that unsolicited uh, referral. Somebody uh, re recommended us, uh, you know, a client or or what have you, because they're always the highest quality client. The sales cycle, if you will, is always the shortest. 
uh, oftentimes uh, we're not competing with anybody. You know, they're just going on the the recommendation of their friends. So we're always uh, looking looking for ways to uh, to encourage referrals without the dreaded, you know, I get paid in two ways or all that kind of stuff. Some of us are still old enough to remember that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I had an advisor say that to me last week. So Really? Wow. Yeah. It's still wow. circulating. It's That's still out there. Awesome. It's still out there. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I do find it's much easier for clients to, um, to refer when they know uh, they can just uh, offer a copy of the book. And yeah. they don't feel like they're, they're uh, turning, over, turning, me, turning them into a, salesperson hungry to make a sale type of thing yeah which yep. which feeds into a lot of <clears throat> excuse me what we hear I mean you don't have to have written a book but just the idea of having content that's shareable I think you know probably falls into that same category whether it's yeah. a blog or, or what have you but see in, in looking back I'm so happy so thankful I, I took the time and and mm -hmm. went through the the struggle of uh, getting a book pulled together because um, I turned the book into uh, 50 different blog posts. I didn't, right. but my book publisher did. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so if you've got a book, turn it into blog posts. It becomes your business card. It becomes your, um, you know, better than a free report. Um, what do they call it? Lead magnet. Yeah. Um, to get contact information. And then with my book, I chose to uh, hybrid publish. So I own the content. I own the rights to the book. Uh, so something I don't I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Steve. I am I am a uh, contributing author to another book, um, pre and post retirement planning for librarians. Talk about oh, well, it. Now market. there There's is a, a, a niche. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> and the uh, the editor of the book. I don't know how she found me, but she sent me an email. Hey, I'm putting together a a book and you know it's everybody's going to contribute a chapter if you're interested send me three ideas for a book chapter so i just sent her what i thought would be three the the three most interesting chapters out of my book she said yeah i like this one and and um and i said great i'll send it a, it's a chapter out of my book and and that's when i learned about you know ownership of of mm -hmm. content and mm -hmm. uh, so so I was thankful that I own my my content. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great. Definitely. That's very cool. Well, we're we're Brian, we're coming up on time here, but if if you were going to suggest uh, make a recommendation to advisors about what kinds of things they should be thinking about in terms of their own marketing, what what would be your top recommendation or two? Uh, well, two thoughts. Um, uh, the first would be um, market well, and, and then you don't have to sell. Uh, just market yourself so you automatically attract, you magnetically attract uh, the type of clientele you serve best. And then uh, show up like no one else. Don't be afraid to be different. People like that. They respond to that. And, and yes, you'll turn some people off, and those are the people that you don't want. Uh, and don't worry about that. That's great. That's Go excellent. Up like no one else. I like that. That's right. Well, Brian, thanks so much for, for joining us. There was a lot of good stuff here, and uh, I appreciate your taking some time with us. My pleasure. I had fun. Absolutely. Thanks. Take care. Hi, it's Julie again. It was great to have you with us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really does help. 
You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. Thanks so much for joining us.